This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hello, Metro FM family. This is your brother Jonathan with DHL Ministries, Decisions, Habits, and Lifestyle. We are continuing in the book of Revelation, and I know that was a quick intro, but I'm excited. Are you excited about what God has for you in the Word today? I mean, this is getting deeper, and it's also more textural. Uh, there's a there's a sensation to it that is helping me to grow in my understanding of the book of Revelation, and I hope it's helping you to grow too. That texture or that different consistency or um, sensation, yeah, I guess that's the only word. We're in chapter 3 now. We're continuing to talk to the churches. And if you've never been down this path before, this is pretty interesting. And if you have, then put that on hold and hear what God has to say to you right now. It may all work well together, or you might see some things differently because of the way the Spirit of God is moving. And we're in chapter 3 of Revelation verses 1 through 6. Ready? It says, And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Verse 4. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white garment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Amen. Well, here is uh, something that should stand out to you differently than the ones we've been discussing. You know, each one, again, the texture that I talk about, we see the breakdown. If you've got the notes from the WhatsApp group, you can see the breakdown of where this chapter is going, that the angel of the church of Sardis is reproved, and then verse 3, exhorted to repent and threatened if he did not repent. What we want to see within here. In this church example, again, as a church body, there's an application. As an individual believer, there's an application. These types of things can be tendencies to our human nature and also to our church structure. This is the grace and mercy of God to have shared these things through Christ to John to document for us and for it to be preserved all these years. There is a tendency in our walk to become like these churches. There is a tendency in our churches to become like these churches, right? And so with a sensitivity to this reality, we all need to receive this message, not as some mystical book with incredible illustrations, but as a personal message or a potentially personal, a potential personal message for you and for me. 
We're talking about spiritual death. They had a reputation for being active, and yet they were infested with sin. Now, there's no words of commendation for this church. That is something distinctly different than what we've been reading about. It looked so good on the outside, but it was corrupt on the inside. Pause. Let's pause right there. This church looked so good on the outside and yet was so corrupt on the inside. And we're having the Spirit of God reveal these things, Jesus Christ revealing these things to John. And of course, the penmen of the Bible were all inspired as the Spirit gave them utterance and guidance. And so it looks so good on the outside, yet so corrupt on the inside. Listen, listen, family. There are different phases that we go through in development. That's why discipleship and accountability and unity and community is so important in the Christian walk. Many people get to that hard place and they they put it in neutral. Well, you know, we're aiming or practicing righteousness and our righteousness comes through Jesus Christ and him alone. But we're yielding to him and allowing him to live through us. The way is up. If you're in a car and you're going up and you put it in neutral, it may continue forward a little bit, but it's going to eventually start to go backwards. We're growing in the knowledge of God, trying to get closer to God or closer in our awareness of his presence, pressing in, developing in discipleship, maturing so our perfect love or perfect mature commitment to God can cast out fear and all the things we've been discussing. Growth and development is ongoing. Now listen, you may know someone who is 40 years old and yet they act like they're 18 or 20 years old, right? There was an arrestant development in their life. At some point, they decided to mature no longer. They made a decision to not mature or they didn't continue to push forward because things got difficult or because things got very easy. Things got very easy. They had just enough money or just enough ability. They didn't want to become a supervisor. They just wanted to be a worker because it was easier. There wasn't as much responsibility. There's different ways you can look at this, but at some point, all of us have to decide to press in deeper to continue to mature as adults and develop in that way of maturity. And some people push the pause button. Some people just decide not to. And they surround themselves with people who will say that's okay or acceptable. Or they surround themselves with people that they are just slightly ahead of so they can be looked up to. There's a lot of psychology behind that. But what we're talking about is spiritual growth and development. There's an automated process in spiritual growth and development from the time you are saved until the time that you have to start pressing in. God wants to take us from making bad decisions to making good decisions, to cut out the bad and start doing the good. That's infancy in Christianity. Then we are encouraged to develop through different classes and, and meetings and, and prayer groups and activities at church, and that will take us into our teenage years. But there comes a point if we are growing and developing where we have to decide if we're going to go further or if we're just going to stay right there. One could equate that to, say, high school. Everything up to high school is paid for by most states or countries or what have you. After that, you have to make a decision if you're going to press in to go to a higher level of education. It is somewhat optional. 
And of course, there are greater challenges. There's more need for independent study and refining your study process in order to grow. And of course, from an associate's degree to a bachelor's, master's, and a doctorate, and so on, it takes a higher commitment, more determination, more initiative, and more consistency. If you would look that in your Christian life, where are you right now? Because this looked good on the outside. Many people can look educated in whatever that looks like today. Because of the information superhighway, people can acquire a lot of information very easily and sound impressive and educated, but yet not be able to think or process things. They're just uh, spitting up what they have put in, so to speak. This church is a warning to all of us that even though they look good on the outside, there was still corruption on the inside. But listen, even though Christ called this a dead church, he also affirmed a handful of faithful believers, a handful of faithful believers. Let's look at this on the church scale or the uh, called out ones, the gathering, you know, the, the ecclesia. You may feel that your church is the dead church in its phase that it's in right now. Well, you make sure that you're praying for your church to wake up. That's your powerful position. And if you feel hyper humbled by the presence of God and your relationship is real and pure, and you'd be the last one to make this statement, but because of your pure relationship with God and lack of com conviction of any wrongdoing, you may be one of those people that's the remnant that Christ would be talking about in this scenario. And yet, because if it's authentic, you wouldn't allow yourself to feel elevated. It'd be an incredibly humbling experience. If you are indeed one of those few or perceive that you may be, then you intercede. You pray for the church to wake up. You ask God to forgive you all. If you look at the prayers in the Psalms, it's inclusive. The one who's asking the prayer or saying the prayer includes themselves in the repentance. It's the place of humility, authentic humility in the presence of God. We need to pray for the churches to wake up. Now, look, look, look. If you're just that person now, take it from the church scale to your individual life. God could be saying to you, look, there's a lot of infestation of sinfulness still in your heart that you are willingly not wanting to give up. The hidden chambers have become the majority. That's between you and God. But if you feel convicted along those lines, you ask God. You ask God to purge you of this. You ask God to, to purge you of all of these things. If you're sincere, Almighty God is able if you're sincere. And it could be he's encouraging you through the saying, look, there, there are sections of your life that are clearly devoted to me, but there's still a lot of corruption you're engaged in. Pray for an awakening in your own walk with the Lord. Pray for an awakening in your church. Don't be one of the, the naysayers or the gossipers. Don't give in to that kind of thing of sowing discord and such or tearing down the leadership. Remember all Authority is appointed by God. So when you tear down your leaders at church in gossip, you are breaking a lot of the rules in your own walk. You know, you're sowing gossip or you're spreading things down. You're assassinating character and so forth. Your prayers as a group member, 
are powerful. Just like the pastor's prayer over you is powerful because of his spiritual position, your prayers as a congregation member are powerful in protecting and directing and asking God to convict and even convince your leadership. There's a lot here in this church that we should consider for our own lives in our own churches, especially in this age. It's almost predictable that a lot of the churches will at least grow corrupt. But the power of prayer, remember the weapons of your warfare is not carnal, but it is mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. Don't give up on your church. Don't give up on your Christian walk. You pray for an awakening, genuinely, not according to the cliches and the different things we've been hearing time and time again. But you pray sincerely in your prayer closet, in your hidden life in Christ, and you ask God for an awakening personally first, in case if you think you have nothing to wake up, then you can say a prayer like David, say, search my heart and see if there is any wicked way in me, God. When you're saying that prayer, you're asking God to deal with that wickedness as well. So praying the word instead of praying cliches and opinions and flowery things is the goal. Praying the word of God. We all need to pray for the churches to wake up, if not in your community, around the world. We need to be united in one mind and one accord, pulling resources, realizing the gifts of each church, and utilizing that gift to not just make converts and have high numbers of people who've come to the altar, but to make disciples. That's the Great Commission, to make disciples, serious, mature, studied students of the word of God. And that's what the agenda is of DHL Ministries. We want to encourage you in that endeavor completely. Self-satisfaction can lead to death. Now, let's clarify something, family. When we talk about death in this context of believers, we're talking about the sensation that you can no longer feel God near you. Now, God will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what the Word of God says. No one can snatch you out of His hands. But there's a sensation of him not being around when you are doing things contrary to his will. And that death or separation from the sensation of the presence of God is not a good feeling. It feels powerless. You feel vulnerable and you get torn up. The enemy has permission when you're under the umbrella, uh, out from under the umbrella of the protection of God. You'll see a loss of unity in the church. You'll see more factions and divisions. And you'll see a genuine compassion for others in the community be decreasing or even gone completely. And so these are some of the symptoms, but this is a very real diagnosis to this church that we're referring to today. Sardis is a real example, but there was a remnant. Your church may be in that example, but there is a remnant. That remnant should get together like I said, if it's a real remnant, it's very humbling to feel like God has approved of your walk with him and yet the rest of the church is giving way to corruption. But you guys get together and you pray effective, fervent prayer as righteous in Christ and you will avail much. These are the times to consider these things very personally. These are the times, this is the end of the church age Jesus Christ is returning, and I'm not saying that to stir up any excitement, although it is very exciting, but the reality is Christ is coming back, and he's coming back for his church. So listen, as long as we have air to breathe, let's not just function our own purity, although that's very, very important to stay focused and growing and developing, but let's consider our brethren 
meaning men and women of God, are family members. If you see a fault, don't magnify it. You pray in your prayer closet to take that apart. You ask God to help you to pray those fervent prayers to deliver people from addiction and from other things that they are given place to. The enemy is going to increase his movement and we need to increase our activity and our engagement and our purification based on the word of God and our practices each and every day being sanctified by God, but sanctifying ourselves for his use. Amen. I know. I know. If you join the WhatsApp group, uh, you will have received these notes with cross references, sometimes bullet points of things that I mention here. You can join the WhatsApp group by texting or calling 260-97-583-6324. And number again is 260-97-583-6324. We are DHL Ministries. You can look us up online. You'll find that we have YouTube videos of encouragement and some devotionals. We also have podcast devotionals going on. If you join this WhatsApp group, you will find that we send you the notes and also the links to the daily devotionals, uh, as as well as this message after it's aired will be available uh, by link, or you can just look us up on any of your podcast sites as far as um, the past uh, audio that we have shared on the air, the messages to catch up. There's all kinds of ways as we continue to, to study this book of Revelation, chapter 3, 1 through 6, and, and so on, make it personal. Make it personal. Ask God to show you something here. And if you've heard all of this, all of this, you sat through this whole thing, and you've got a, a sensation of uncertainty about your walk with the Lord, just do the ABCs with me. A, just admit you're a sinner. You haven't been living the life God has appointed for you. You feel that you've been practicing other things besides God's way. Just admit it. Just say it to God. Just between you and him. Be believe. Believe in the realistic and the actual sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The propitiation for our sins that made a way where there was no way. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. And today is the acceptable time. This is the day of salvation. So be believe in the salvation of Jesus Christ as much as you know right now. And see, confess to other people, other Christians. Go into a church and confess it. Tell to your friends that you've changed. Make a confession and then enter into discipleship through this ministry and its resources. You can begin by praying prayer, as we talked about, for your family and their salvation, for your growth and development in Christ, and for Metro FM and all the family members there, the family of Metro FM and all of their families. These prayers, I know, are felt by the radio station. So you pray for their leadership and their decisions of what they have to do every day, their protection and guidance. You pray for salvation. God knows who he's been trying to reach. And you thank God for them, as I do. I pray that you engage in this type of conversation with God. We are here every Sunday morning and Wednesday evening at this time, and you can search us in the week. That number one more time is 260-97-5836324. We look forward to seeing you joining the WhatsApp group, getting the notes and the links. And I thank you as always for being so faithful in tuning in, not just hearing these messages, but applying this word to your life each and every day, each and every day. May God bless you all richly, in Jesus' name, amen.